Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. We've got a really exciting episode today. I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Sam Murray. We're going to be discussing um, what he's been up to over the past 18 months. We're going to go into a bit of detail about his suspension from the AFL um, and from Collingwood and I guess what he's done to get his life back on track. We're going to talk briefly about mental health and the importance that um, he puts on mental health and I guess some of the, the problems that he faced and the hard times that he faced and his advice for those that may be going through a tough time at the moment. Um, I guess this is one of the first few times that Sam has pro- uh, spoken publicly about um, the events that occurred, occurred in 2018 with Collingwood. So um, sit back, um, really take in today's episode. Um, it's, it's a lot more than just listening to his story about what actually happened and, and why he got suspended. Um, I think he can take a lot of value from his attitude towards the whole thing and how he's gone about getting himself back on track and um, potentially playing AFL again in 2020, what he's doing now with his training and um, and also with his headspace, how he's staying on top of his, his mental health as well. Um, so thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoy the episode, please do take a screenshot of today's show and post it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself and tag Muzz as well. I'll have his um, his Instagram link in the show notes today. Um, but as always, thank you so much for tuning in and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, for now, let's get stuck into the interview with Sam. Muzz, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, looking forward to today's chat. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people will get a lot out of today. Um, obviously, you've been... I wouldn't say quite on social media, but um, being out of the game for the last kind of 18 months, um, people are probably wondering what you've been up to and, and where you're at at the moment. So for those that don't know, um, I think it was the 19th of August, 2018, yep. um, Sam tested positive to a banned substance while um, playing AFL for Collingwood and has spent the last 18 months out of the game um, and at the moment is... He's working his ass off to try and get back in the game, but we'll talk. We'll talk about that soon. Um, so, what what have you been up to, mate, for the last eighteen months? Um, it's been a long eighteen months. I think there's probably two sides to um, what I found myself doing. Maybe the first half, feeling sorry for myself and not knowing where I was at, and trying to trying to find my feet without playing football or without having any real motive in life. And then the second half of that period, um, kind of just understanding where I'm at and, and what I've got to do to get back and, and understanding my life morals and goals and all those types of things. So I had to do a lot of soul searching and, and find myself again. Um, but yeah, I've, um, I've started a business in the time off. Uh, I found that was important to get away from being caught in football and a way to escape, but also um, I've trained with you, which yeah. has been good. Yeah. yeah. But that's just been the past couple of months. So um, yeah. That's good, mate. And um, look, I'm no, uh, no no special interviewer here, but I will ask a couple of tough questions. So I suppose initially when you did get banned, I think um, you know, obviously you said you found that hard to, to deal with and also it was probably just you also be angry and, and also just kind of, I guess, have no idea what was going on because the yeah. actual findings only got handed down recently. Yeah, didn't they? yeah. so I'm sure initially a lot of people, um, especially if, if you're talking to them um, about how the fact that, you know, you probably weren't feeling that great mentally and stuff, probably in their mind might go, well, you know, 
bit of bad luck, like he made the decision yeah. to, to do what he did and, and he got caught and maybe you're only feeling feeling bad because of that. So, um, But I do want to talk about the, the mental side of things today because it is way more than that and we've talked about it obviously off the podcast a fair bit. So yeah. what we're kind of after that initial stage of, I guess, anger and also um, in doubt about what, what your future is going to hold, once you got past all that, were there some pretty tough times, I guess, over the last 18 months because... You know, for those listening, it's basically like you doing something every single day of your life and then someone rocking up tomorrow and saying, guess what, you're not doing any of that at all. But you're still next... getting paid. So just... you don't need to do anything else. Yeah, so you don't need to do anything else. So I guess your purpose yeah, is, is gone. Yeah. Um, and you're very much in, you know, you've got no, no, no idea really what, you, what you're going to be doing for the next 18 months. Mm. So what was that like and what are some of the, the mental barriers that you had to kind of break through? Um, to get to where you are now, which um, I can say from first hand, you're in a, buddy, a good space and, um, and absolutely crushing it. So what did you kind of have to go through? Yeah, I guess the story is untold and I've been pretty quiet about it. Um, but what people don't realize is before the substance finding, I was suffering very heavily with mental health issues. I remember, I think it was a week before I got told that I was, um, I tested positive to a substance. I'd walked into my psychologist's office at Collingwood and and like broken down mentally through anxiety and stuff like that. So I guess through what I dealt with, um, I wasn't in a good place to start with. Mm. So I was kind of not at rock bottom at all. I know people are worse than me and I've I've got perception, but um, I was struggling heavily with anxiety. And the thing with anxiety is the best way to to deal with it is to have things in place that you can fall back on to know where you're at. And because that's why I was okay in football because I knew I had football. I could relate back to football. I could relate to my training. So I was suffering very bad in the system. And then when I got out of the system and didn't have football. Didn't have the structure Didn't anymore. have the structure. Didn't have anything. And and as a 21-year-old kid moving away from home, not living with your family, still getting paid by the club, not having any drive in life, I found myself completely lost. I, um, I didn't have any motivation to train anymore. I felt... And, and through the part of it, I didn't intentionally go out and touch the cocaine. And I've proven that in a, a court of law to the to the judges. I didn't go out and get on it the, the Wednesday night before. I had come in to advert in contact with it. So I was there trying to, to understand how this had happened. Mm. Because for a long time, I didn't know what had happened. Yeah. So that was probably the hardest bit. It's like, I've got a chance. I could have been playing in a grand final around that same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Collingwood made the grand final. I was playing consistently. So for me, watching football every weekend was incredibly hard. Secondly, trying to work out why I was in this situation was even harder. Yeah. Because I I knew in myself that I didn't go out and touch it. Yeah. But at the same time, I had a positive test sitting there that I had to work out why it's sitting there. And um, why why was it? Have you figured that? Yeah. Well, in the in the law, we proven that I'd come in inadvertent contact through a number of reasons. Um, it could have been through. In my house, in my in my um, wallet, anything like that. Yeah. We there's no exact answer, but there's yeah. inadvertent contact somehow um, through the levels that were explained to a professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it shows that it wasn't it wasn't intentional, and that is why I got the reduced sentence down yeah, yeah. to eighteen months yeah. instead of well, potentially four, four years. years. Four yeah. years. So, so that was the hardest bit. And then I actually dealt with some other stuff, and I'm I'm happy to talk about now. Um, two months later, after the oh no, a month after I got. Um, the band, my little cousin got killed. My first cousin, 13 years old, yeah. got killed in a farm accident. Um, so I moved home for a month 
dealt with probably the hardest month of life I've dealt with. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, so I thought my stuff was bad outside of football. Mm. But then that I dealt with, then I got, this got put yeah. into perspective big time. Yeah. And do you know what that was for me? That was the that was the kick. Mm. And as bad as it is, I, I, I don't wish that upon anyone. He was, um, yeah, 13, got killed with his four mates on a, on a farm accident. Horrible thing. But what I realised there, and, and, and it's, I don't know if it's a, it was, it was a good thing, but it's not a good thing in the same yeah, way. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I realise my life is okay. Mm. I get to go home to my mum and dad every day. I get to wake up, smile. I've got the gift of life. I've got to change what I'm doing because yeah. I was nowhere. So it started with, and it's something me and you have spoken about very often is, Healthy lifestyle leads to healthy mindset. My mm. lifestyle was messy and unhealthy, yeah. and then, and when I got into routines and fixed my um, social groups and stuff like that, that's where I found myself getting feeling happy again and and getting over this mental health barrier. Being more of a product of your environment. And, yeah, uh, well, I did. I, yeah, I, I become a in a negative way. I become a product of my, my environment. Just a matter of flipping it. it was, yeah, reversing it. Was, it. And it was understanding what how lucky I was, and that was the big thing was understanding how lucky we are as humans to wake up every day and be around our loved ones and i know stuff goes on and what i went through is is nothing compared to what some mm. people go through yeah what my auntie went through what i went through i do it 500 yeah, yeah. times over again to never have to deal with yeah, what she yeah. went through so um and then that's my drive still to this day is when i when i feel like not doing it or when i when i feel that mental health coming back i, I relate to that and i go wow yeah, I'm so lucky that I've got another chance right now to, to play football. Yeah, and so after that incident, um, obviously, so you said that was about a month or two in. Yeah, it was two months. That was about two yeah. months in. Yeah. Yeah, and then so from that point forward, what was the what was the mindset? Was it you know you obviously knew you still even if you got the reduced sentence, you knew you weren't going to be playing for foot, mm. playing footy for at least twelve months. Yeah. Um. So was it then you know just try and stay in shape, or did you put your focus on to? something else to do with fitness obviously yeah. you're not going to be out each week kicking footies thinking about the game on the weekend because because you're clearly not playing mm. so did you what, what did you focus what I, on what i first started with and i distanced myself from football because it was irrelevant at the mm. time i wasn't going to be back for a little bit um and for those that are listening that don't know um sam you weren't allowed you, you, you weren't yeah, at the club yeah at all. i wasn't at the club at all yeah. i was at home I, I wasn't in contact with anyone at the club <laughs> I wasn't in contact with anyone but my lawyers. Mm. Um, so my first thing was I distanced myself from football. Um, I, I tried not to watch much football. I tried to not be involved in football because I found it was, was my energy kept going towards towards getting back to football, but I couldn't do that yeah. at that time. My energy yeah. was to be happy. Mm. And I had to, and I sent a message to my manager. He's like, he said to me, he goes, Sam, we need you to come in and sort this thing. I said, I can't do this now. Yeah, I said because I'm finding my happiness, and this is so much more important than football. So that yeah. that for me, I stepped away from fitness and necessarily all that. I was keeping fit to a to a an amount a general fitness to a general yeah, fitness. Yeah, yeah but yeah. to me, it was about getting a healthy mind, and from there, I was able to to, to then become healthy in my body. Hmm. And you mentioned you started a business. What um, was that something that you'd had in mind before all this happened, or was, did that stem from uh, having more time on your hands? Yeah, and, I guess probably. Yeah. <laughs> trying out new things or what? Yeah, definitely trying out new things. I've always wanted to be involved in business and, and do what I can in the business world. Um, I find it interesting. And then one of my mates approached me with an opportunity and, we've, and we're expanding on that right now. I think I didn't have any release. I, I tried rapping like I was. I, I was. I was so lost that I was like, I wasn't trying rapping. I was just like spending my days like doing rapping and things like that. And I was like, this is so stupid because I was so bored. 
Fucking hell, mate. I didn't, try, I didn't try rapping. I, didn't, I wasn't like, I'm a rap doing that battles <laughs> no, and stuff. No. Or I'm got so bored. Like, hey, Mile, and you're there with your hoodie on. <laughs> no, I got so bored at home. I was like, I'm going to just start rapping. I started writing music. And I was yeah. just doing, and I was just like, I'm wasting my time. Here. I was like, I'm generally wasting my time. Yeah. So I ended up reaching out to a few people who I thought I, I classified as my mentors, as Ben Morris and Jerry Sackers, both very. Um, very important people in my life, but both people who are doing very well in their fields. And I was like, I want to, I want to catch up with you guys and talk about what I can do and things like that. And then, yeah, the opportunity arose with um, digital marketing, and now moving forward with that. Do you listen to many podcasts or do any reading? Um, I know we, you talk a lot about manifestation and um, yeah. positive mindset, and we've spoken uh, a bit about guys like David Goggins and stuff in the past mm-hmm. with these. If you do listen to podcasts and, and read and stuff, is this something you were doing before or is this sort of stuff you picked up in this last 18 months? No, definitely not. I think I, um, to an extent, like you read what, what comes about, but you know, I never went searching for yeah. it. But then um, I got showed Goggins off. Um, I don't know who showed me. And then I just, I think it, at first, when I found myself in a good mindset, it was easy easier to listen to this stuff. Mm. But when I was in a yeah, almost relatable, a bit more relatable. It was relatable yeah. But when I was in necessarily not in a good headspace, what well, was I was listening like I was just listening to music or something like something yeah, yeah. totally like off topic yeah, to what yeah. I was doing. So I was filling my mind with junk. And then when I was feeling positive and making positive affirmations in my life, I was searching for these things. So like TED talks and hmm. stuff like that. I found yeah. Goggins is incredible. Um, the way he goes about how he does things yeah. he's incredible in his mindset towards things but then also ted talks i've listened to a lot of ted talks yeah. I, I just think there's so much to learn from people and there's so much that is relatable to you as an individual and if you can go find what is relatable to you and you take what you want from that it's, yeah. it can be very positive and so so podcast yeah. as well yeah listen to stuff like that yeah i listen to a few not i listen to fitness and lifestyle podcast. yeah i listen yeah. to the fitness and lifestyle i'm not <laughs> I, I like watching podcasts yeah. i do but i do listen to podcasts um joe rogan's got a couple of real good ones yeah dan kennedy's got the best i know yeah i've heard that yeah actually that's good so <laughs> so at the moment um so fast forward near all pretty much 18 months i think when mm. does the band finish december um, this year yeah? december so it's been 12 it was 12 months august the 18th so it's been so what 14 months. It's been 14 months, just about. And so you have 16. Is that the total? Eight. Yeah, 18. So there's, I don't know. I'm, so I'm it's been 14. I can go two. back to, I can, oh no, I can't Obviously, play until February. I can't oh, play until February, but I can go back to a club in December. Okay, okay. Yeah, because they give you a couple of months to go back and get oh, ready. <laughs> good. Uh, so fast forward up until now. What's, um, where are you at now? So a lot of people listening at the moment, like you said, you, can't, you see the articles, especially recently with the, trade period and free agency yeah. and stuff coming up. Um, a few articles pop up saying that you've got interest from clubs and um, there might be articles, we were, we were talking about it yesterday, where articles are saying that you've been putting in work and yeah. trying to stay in shape and give yourself the best chance. So give um, give the listener kind of a, a specific, um, I guess, rundown of what you're doing at the moment and where you're at with um, hopefully playing in 2020. Yeah, so it started on the social media. It was the perception of me excuse me, especially not being able to speak about where I was at due to the disclosure of the case. I had to keep quiet. And the perception of me maybe got thrown that I was partying all the time and stuff like mm. that. And I spoke to you and, and Ben, as I mentioned, and Jerry, and I was like, I was like, I want I want there to be positive 
positive chats about me. I don't yeah, want yeah. it to be this party kid who, who who tested positive to cocaine and and that's all it is. I, I was like, that's not me as a person. I don't mm. feel comfortable with that. So what we started doing was Dan even meant Dan was first one mentioning he's like start posting on social media. Yeah. Because it will keep for one me accountable because I'm posting stuff, yeah, so yeah. I need to be accountable for that. But also, it will start changing perception, and it did. It, yeah. it started too lately. People have seen it. People have seen that I've I've been working, which I have. Um, it started with that, but then I just now we're into five days, or we're doing three days a week together, um, strength training, which is a lot different than what I've done before. Yeah. And I think it's it's so good for me going about this in such a more professional way structured manner yeah, yeah. and it, it's weird isn't it when you think about it, I've been in the system for four years now I've never once had a professional preseason under my belt and the only year that I've got no guarantee to be in the system which is the year coming like yeah. I might not even be in yeah, there yeah. at all I'm doing the best preseason yeah, yeah. I've ever done yeah. it's, it's funny when your mindset can change and where you lay yourself morally and, and things like that change it's funny how you look at things differently but um, yeah we're doing strength training um for the football side of things, it's um it's a bit of a waiting game. Obviously, I'm a delisted free agent now, and so not at Collingwood anymore. Not at Collingwood anymore. No. I've been delisted at Collingwood, um, so I'm a delisted free agent. My managers had chats with um a few person, a few people in the in the system, but it's kind of now waiting for trade period to finish, and then we'll we'll see where we'll reassess where we sit. But yeah, I've been on the front foot, um, reaching out to clubs and. and I think my story hasn't been really told. So it, there's obviously a perception of where I am as a person. It's all starting to come, come to light now, yeah, I think. Like, yeah. like you said, you're able to shed a bit more light on, on what you've been doing, what what actually kind of happened in the first place. Because yeah. a lot of people had no idea. No, like, I had no, no idea really yeah. until you, yeah, until exactly. you kind of explained it to me. Um, and I, Yeah, that's the hard thing. And, and at the right time, I feel I'll be able to speak exactly about what happened and where I sit as a person. Um, Oh, unless I do to people who come up to me, I yeah, don't yeah. hide what's happened. Yeah. I don't, and, and we've spoken about it in, in a sort of depth here. But I feel like when I want to talk exactly about what happened yeah, and yeah. where it sits, it will be different. How crazy your perception changes from what from what is set to be. So said, yeah, yeah. So um, I guess best best case scenario, um, free agency comes up in by the time this comes out, it'll be next week. So. So yeah. in, a, in a week, a couple of weeks' time, is trade period be done, or how long? Is yeah, trade I don't know. Done? I think it goes for two weeks. Yeah. So, so after that, relatively yeah. soon anyway. Tra- free agency will be yep. will be on. Best case scenario, you get picked up by a club, which will put you what on a rookie list or um, straight no, to all depends. If it's free agents, senior list. Okay. If, cool. I, if I slip to free agency, I could end up on a rookie list, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So best case scenario, you're playing AFL 2020. Yep. Let me put this to you. What happens if you don't if you don't get picked up by an AFL club? Where where are you going to be at? Where do you think you'll be at mentally? And what is the plan for two thousand and twenty if yeah, that is the case? I think because like yeah. at the end of the day, it is a it is a, a, a possibility. Yeah, I think mentally, um, I'll be okay and mm. I'll, and I'll be able to deal with it. I think I have a greater a greater knowledge of what's important to me and, and that's my my family friends and my happiness and, and i've i've dealt with the biggest blows in football i feel like most i've probably dealt with the hardship in football more than anyone else yeah. with what i've went through and and i'm not um i'm not 
scared about what would happen if football didn't happen because I know I'm so confident in where I sit as a person and my ability moving forward that I'll find myself on a list. Mm. Um, whether that be going to a club and training with them during preseason and trying to get picked up in a supplementary pick, not supplementary or preseason pick or whatever they have these days, something like that. But mm. yeah, I think football is a big part of my life and I love playing football, but I am very um, realistic about the fact that it, it is a game and, and that I can, I can excel in life in different ways. Mm. So yeah, I, I am at some, I am putting my eggs in the football and hoping that it really works. But at the same time, if it doesn't work, I've got a lot of, um, I've got a lot of stuff to fall back on now and, and I'm comfortable with where I sit. That's awesome. And before we kind of wrap things up, I want to almost go back a step um, and just, just quickly touch on the mental health side of things again. Mm. Um, so for those that are listening that, you know, maybe themselves or someone they know going through a rough time, obviously the likelihood of it being the same, same uh, yeah. scenario is fucking yeah, slim yeah, to yeah. nothing. But no. like whatever, whatever the um, case may be in terms of what they're going through, what, what advice do you have to people like that? Because we even spoke about um, something that you said you went home on the weekend and something had happened yeah. and the impact it has on people, um, obviously not only the individual um, that's going through it, but everyone else around them. So through your own experiences, what, what did you do to, to deal with it and what would you recommend or, or some advice? Yeah, so firstly you speak about it and, 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 and you don't be ashamed to speak about it because it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, I found I lived with it for a year without telling anyone and it, and I hadn't told anyone except two people before my case happened that I was dealing with stuff. So I'd only talk, spoken to my psychologist very frequently and um, Katie, yeah, confident like over it. And then until my case happened, I, I had to speak to my parents about it. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't something I wanted to put on them. But the second I was able to tell them, my weight was lifted yeah. off my shoulders. And I, and the biggest advice I give is is feel comfortable speaking about it because it's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think the biggest thing I do is every morning I wake up and I tell myself three things I'm grateful for. Mm. Um, I either write them down. I spend a lot of time writing them down. But now every morning I wake up, three things I'm grateful for. I think I think we can get carried away in a large majority of life and just scrape through not understanding or even realizing how lucky we are. Yeah, um, I, I did it for 18 or 20 years. Mm. and. You could say the same yeah, that you've been. Yeah, we, we've just scraped through days and we don't realize. And I went to a um, a luncheon the other day, and Jeff Kennett spoke about how um, how every morning he does it, and he spoke about, it and it's interesting. And this, I'd never looked at it like this, and you'll find it funny. He goes, "I used to wake up every day and say I'm so grateful for my wife and kids. That was the first thing he used to do. Mm. And now he goes, that's silly. He goes, the first thing I say I'm grateful for is the gift of life and my health, mm. because without that I wouldn't be able to take care of yeah. my kids. Yeah. And it's funny, I wake up now in the exact same way, and I'm like, I'm so grateful for being happy and being healthy and being able to hear, because obviously I lost my cousin, and, and he doesn't get that opportunity yeah. anymore. So it's, yeah. yeah, for me, it, it's just being able to notice the little things, and and then second, the third thing I do is is become, create a healthy environment and create a healthy lifestyle. I think a lot of humans are products of the environment and they try to make changes in an environment that you're necessarily not going to be able to yeah, change. Yeah, setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, so mm. exactly right. And at the end of the day, there's going to be – the biggest thing for me is you can excel in a, in a, bad, in a bad environment, but when stuff gets bad – and you need something to fall on. Mm. You're not. You haven't got anything yeah. good to fall back yeah, on. And true. that was the biggest thing for me. So when I have real bad days, and when I don't feel happy, because I still do deal with that mental health side of things, 
I come train with you, and what do mm. I feel? I feel, I feel, I yeah. get, I, I don't feel, I can't say I feel incredibly happy straight after, but it's, it, <laughs> yeah. but it's, 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 a, it's a sense of yes, I can fall back on this. This is yeah. a healthy affirmation in my yeah. life, and doing that, something positive. That was yeah, that's energy, the biggest yeah. thing for me, and it's, and it's the people I surround myself with now. And if I'm having, I feel like a bad day, and I, and I'm just messaging one of my mates, just because the people I'm around and what they are offering me. Um, I feel motivated again, and, yeah. and it's like just speaking to you. If I'm having a bad day, you'll send me a voice memo, and it'll be like, mm. "Mate, we're going to dominate legs today." Yeah, I'm like, "Yes, like we're yeah. on." So yeah. yeah, those are the three things that I would I'd probably say to help me the most. Unreal, man. Well, really do appreciate you sharing your story. Um, I think everyone listening will, will really enjoy today and get a lot out of it. And hopefully, um, like you said, if they did have a, a different perception of you, um, have a better yeah. idea of what what happened and where you're at now, and obviously all the best for the next few weeks. Regardless, um, I think you're in a really good space physically and mentally, so I'm sure you'll be fine, brother. Sweet. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Lich. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, <laughs> make sure you take a screenshot of today's show and post it up on your Instagram story. Let's try and share this with as many people as we can. Tag myself, tag Sam. I'll put his uh, link to his social media in the show notes below. If you're lucky, he may even put up a story of himself yeah. rapping at some point. Yeah, <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again in next week's episode.